Hi, welcome to Tell Me More About Cohousing with Lynn Morstead and Kelly Soika. Cohousing Houston is a multi-generational, community-minded group of people who share the values of connection and sustainability. We're developing the first co-housing project in Texas, in Houston, even ahead of Austin. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. I have Liz with me today. So Lynn is still out of town. And so I have sat down this morning with Liz Parker, who is one of our Co-housing Houston members and also is an Episcopal priest. And I asked her to join us today to talk specifically about conflict resolution because as our project is moving out of the physical design stage and into the social design stage, we're thinking about how different interactions are going to be either you know, helped or, or hindered by the decisions that we make. And when we were in the physical design stage, we were looking at like where the buildings were and how was that going to make it so that we would run into each other. And now we're looking at what policies do we need so when we run into each other, uh, we can resolve those conflicts more easily. So Liz, thanks so much for joining me this morning. Oh, it's a pleasure. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So I was going to ask you first about, do you kind of have a, a theory of conflict? I, I think your background is very interesting because, you know, like co-housing, which is a self-selecting group of people who want to be good neighbors, a church is also a community where people come together and, and they want to be there. And yet, and yet conflict still happens. So, oh my gosh, it sure does. Yes. Between well-meaning neighbors. I'm sorry. I missed the first part of that question. Well, I was just wondering what you think is the most likely to come between well-meaning neighbors. Oh, I think it's the little things. Um, just like in a marriage, it's um, tends to be things that for some reason you're highly invested in that may or may not make any sense at all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, you know, the example I always think of is loading the dishwasher Mm -hmm. because married couples often, you'd be surprised how often they fight over (laughs) how to load the dishwasher. And, um, you know, so that doesn't seem like a very important thing, but it can cause a huge row if you're not conscious about what's going on. So I'll just use myself as an example. Um, I would tell my husband, you know, really, this is the best way to load the dishwasher. And after a while, I noticed he never changed how he was loading the dishwasher. (laughs) And um, so I thought, why is this bugging me so much? Because I was feeling ignored and devalued and you know all those things and then I you know it it suddenly clicked ah I grew up with four older brothers who always ignored and devalued me (laughs) so you know it was just kind of opening a wound yeah that um I needed to you know realize my husband loves me it's not you know he's not ignoring me he probably doesn't care yeah you know which in fact you know, was the case. <laughs> and so I just decided to be happy that he was loading it. Yeah, sometimes a dishwasher is just a dishwasher. <laughs> yeah, right. And it really doesn't matter that much. But, the, you know, something a conflict like that can get very heated if I had accused him of ignoring me or, yeah. um, and if he had gotten defensive, I mean, it just could have become a, a, a much bigger deal than it needed to be. So, 
a lot of times in community, it's the little things that yeah. will set people off. I've had, I, I had a woman on the altar guild once make up a whole big story about how I didn't like something she did because of the way I looked at her. Well, I wasn't thinking about her when I was looking at her, you know? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. so. Well, so I can think of, uh, definitely the dishwasher is probably one that that really legitimately could happen in co-housing <laughs> well i guess that's true that's true i guess I thought, depends uh, if we get the commercial dishwasher or not you know <laughs> right well let's hope we get the well even if we get the commercial dishwasher <laughs> <laughs> how that gets loaded <laughs> yeah. um, so i thought of another uh specific co-housing example mm -hmm. um like let's say i get up early in the morning and i go down and I know that Lynn and Kip have had an event, a family event in the common house the night before. And I go down and they have not put everything back the way we agreed that they would always, you know, people would always put the common house back together. And so, you know, I'm disgruntled and I'm getting my mail and here comes Kelly. And I'm like, Kelly, can you believe what Lynn and Kip did last night? Look how they left this space. Ah, it, you know, they just care more about their family than they care about us, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, not only am I unhelpfully making up a story about Lynn and Kip, I'm also very unhelpfully triangulating with you, yes. uh, uh, you know, rather than, rather than being generous and thinking, oh gosh, I bet Lynn and Kip just ran out of time last night or they must've been exhausted after that party you know, and then I could say, hey, Kelly, you want, want to help me put the common house back together for Lynn and Kip? It'd be a nice surprise for them, blah, blah, blah. So, you yes. know. Yes, I definitely, you know, I think that the stories that you tell yourself um, about conflict is really an interesting part of that. And then the story, not only the stories you make up in your head, but then the stories you share with other people as you uh -huh. kind of spread the conflict rather than trying to resolve the conflict rather than moving it along. Yeah. Um, my, um, my husband and I used to say to each other that we could either pour oil on a fire or water and it's always preferable to pour water. Yes. So, yeah. That, particularly from a priest, this is a very gracious statement. <laughs> Just pour grace over people. I love that. Exactly. Exactly. So are there ways that you think that, um, you know, so if conflict's inevitable, nobody likes it, you know, it's right. It's not what everybody wants to have happen, but are there ways to make it more uh, productive or to even enhance a relationship? Do you think like, does. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think conflict can be very healthy if it's done right. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, so one of the, one of my guiding principles is something I call blessed immediacy. Okay. So, so you're, you're too young to remember S and H green stamps. But when I was a kid, every time we went to the gas station, my mother would get some green stamps, little green okay. stamps with S and H on them, mm -hmm. um, you know, because she bought five dollars worth of gas or something okay. and then we had a little book a little paper book and my job was to lick the stamps and put them in the book and so when your book was full 
you could go to the Redemption Center. And if you had eight books of green stamps, you could get an iron. Whoa. Or a blender or <laughs> some other gadget. Awesome. Um, it was a very big deal for a while. So um, the analogy is every time there's a conflict and I don't communicate it, resolve it, do something about it, I'm licking a green stamp and putting it in my book. And one day that book is going to be full and I am going to tell you every single thing you have ever done to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, want, the, we want to avoid that. I love, I love this analogy. And here's the, here's the updated version, Liz. They have buddy bucks at HEB. Oh, okay. Buddy bucks and you can turn them all in. And the best part is that they do this like for kids. Right. And I agree. It does, you know, it does happen if, if my kids kind of emotional buddy bucks don't get, get sorted, then someday I'm going to get like a big, a big depot and they are going exactly. to unload each and every one of them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's excellent. So, <laughs> so the antidote is um, when something happens, as soon as you feel ready, yeah. <clears throat> in other words, as soon as you process your own emotions and figure out what's going on, to go to that person and say, gosh, um, Kelly, you know, you said this thing the other day and it's just been going around and around in my head. And so I'm making up a whole story about it. Could I just check with you and make sure I heard what I heard and you know, what, blah, blah, blah. So um, yeah, don't wait. <laughs> in other words, don't uh, save your stamps. So that's 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 one thing I would say um, is important about conflict. What else? Too, like ahead. the things you know, as we're building these structural things into our co-housing group, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are the kind of things that are in place or should be in place that will help us to. Um, to move through conflict in a productive way, not to avoid it, to move through it. Well, the, the thing that's really impressed me is making um, consensus decisions. Oh yeah. Because, yeah, because everyone has, everyone has a chance to say what they're feeling or thinking. Um, and everyone has equal weight. Yeah. Every voice has equal weight. And so, right, you've built in respect in that way, um, which I think is really key in helping um, avoid conflict. You know, so, so in other words, somebody can't sit in on a decision-making process and think, I, well, I'm just not gonna say anything. Yeah. <laughs> Be a long talk on Zoom if they do that. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just going to take my toys and go home. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think you know it's been interesting for me as we um, move closer. I, I just as we all spend time together, you know, it's like takes yeah. some time of of that listening and speaking and having real work together. Um, I guess that that's the relationship building part of it. Yeah, and that's really key for developing empathy for mm -hmm. one another. I was thinking this last night at Friendsgiving, I was sitting at a table and we were sharing, 
you know, some of the hard things that we've experienced and in our families. And it was, I could just feel myself growing closer and having more empathy for, for everyone at the table, because I was like, yeah, I know what that feels like. Yes. Um, And that, you know, that's something unique, I think, to co-housing is that building of relationships, um, even an investment in relationships, even before we have a building. Yeah. Even when you talk about like the stories that people tell themselves or tell other people, you know, when they're in a conflict, it's interesting to me that, that, you know, the, the thing that we're talking about now as the, the way to move through conflict is to actually get that person's actual story. Yes. What their story is. Um, I think that that sense of, of, uh, you know, wondering about other people, is, uh, is different or maybe not different. Maybe it's something that happens naturally, but that is more explicit in this kind of an environment. Well, and I think, yeah, when you're in a conflict with someone, rather than making up the story to say, um, gosh, I wonder what that story is, mm-hmm. you know, I, to get curious, yeah. you know, I wonder why they feel so strongly about the glass is going on the right and the cup's going on the left. (laughs) (laughs) Have you experienced that in our, in our meetings? Have you had a moment where you've wondered um, where you've kind of stopped yourself and thought, I wonder what's going on? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I'll, I've stopped myself thinking, Oh, I'm uh, Hmm. That just touched a, a sore point. I mean, I I know, for example, if it, if if there's any idea that, or if I hear anything to me that sounds like you don't know what you're talking about, mm-hmm. um, that's going to be a big uh, trigger for me because I grew up with these four older brothers who, um, you know, we're always smarter and funnier and blah, blah, blah. You know, the story I told myself about them. Um, And, you know, and then sometimes I think, gosh, why are they so invested in that? Yeah. Oh, and I was saying, yeah, that I was thinking this, Kelly, um, you were real sensitive about something around garages. I don't even remember what it was. And I remember being curious and wondering, gosh, she seemed, her voice just got much more intense. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you shared maybe an experience you had previously in co-housing and then something about your girls and having these three girls. And I thought, oh yeah, well, that makes sense. You know, (laughs) of course she cares about that issue. In, you know, just in life too. I think most people with kids experience this, that you know, there's a vulnerability about your children. And, and so, especially as we're making decisions, um, as we've been making decisions about buildings that has actually come up a lot for me, where I think like it needs to work for us. You know, it's, I can't, this is a decision that I'm making that they are enthusiastic about also, but ultimately Mike and I are the ones making this decision. So it needs to work, but yeah, that that's so funny that that um, has stuck in your memory. I know, but you know, who knows why? (laughs) 
Well, I was thinking too about um, the elements that make that checking in possible because, you know, I think we all think like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But I don't know that um, we think as explicitly about the tools that you need to check in with yourself or to have that kind of emotional uh, regulation. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I think you all who do the Zoom, you and Lynn and well, everybody really, um, I mean, I, it's, I feel as though we're already creating a culture that supports healthy interaction and healthy conflict resolution. But some of it, a lot of it is self-regulation. And I think emotional literacy plays mm -hmm. a, a big piece. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a very waspy family where, you know, we weren't supposed to have feelings or... <laughs> If we did have feelings, please don't talk about them. You know, <laughs> they're so embarrassing. Exactly that. Oh, that would embarrass me. Please, what would the neighbors think? Yeah. Um, so for some of us, figuring out what we're feeling is like the first piece, mm -hmm. and then um, you know, naming it. But also, a lot of times, being able to realize why what you're feeling is so out of alignment with the actual situation. So a lot of bad conflict is when people just assume they wanna you know, bring out the, the high big guns um, because they're justified rather than, oh, maybe I feel like killing that person because <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. The person I'd really like, yeah. like wish I'd killed, you know, was, was that boyfriend who broke up with me. Yeah, yeah, yes. Whatever. Um, yes. But that, you know, that requires um, emotional work, which not everybody wants to do. Yeah. So, so I think, you know, our immediate response usually to conflict is either flee, fight, or freeze. Mm -hmm. So part of the culture I hope we're fostering is to stay and figure it out, mm -hmm. you know, to, to um, be committed to, okay, I may feel like running away right now, but I'm not gonna turn off my Zoom. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stay, I'm not gonna, um, Brene Brown has a great, actually, she has a great phrase that I use. Um, I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to puff up. I'm going to stand my holy ground. Mm. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a way to stay connected, stay present and, um, you know, come, come to play and come to figure it out and hopefully not be too defensive or um, offensive. <laughs> I was thinking so, about some of the things in co-housing that, um, that kind of help that along too, because uh -huh. that's some really hard work. <laughs> that's really hard yeah. to do, you know? And I think it's really particularly hard to do when, you know, you feel, you know, that, that, you're, I mean, by virtue of being in co-housing, you're in a group. And so you have this, you know, group of people who can either, 
help the situation or hurt the situation. You know, each person needs to take their own their own initiative. But there are definitely kind of some structural things that I think can help. Um, and so I was thinking about that, that like, you know, flee, fight or freeze, you know, you standing there by yourself trying to, you know, process all of this and, and, and do all of that. And something that I've seen communities do is when, you know, an individual is going through something with another community member or with, you know, particularly um, if you as one, a one person household has a conflict with me as a two person household, how does that work? You know, it makes your job of, of going through that a lot more difficult. And mm-hmm. that that's something that communities can offer is to have another person in the community stand with you and help you do that and come alongside you to be kind of for that moment, for that time um, in your corner, helping you. Um, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot about that. And then also, you know, in our meetings is kind of reinforcing um, these norms of how you, how you process conflict. You know, do you, yeah, turn off your Zoom and blow up and walk away? Or can somebody else in the meeting, before all of that happens, can somebody else in the meeting help reinforce our norms so that everybody has an example of how conflict is going to get worked through and, mm-hmm. and turn the temperature down by kind of offering structure and offering um, clarity in what we do? Yeah, it, it is work. It takes a lot of mindfulness, um, and but I think the, I mean the benefits are, are are so outweigh the fact that it takes time and commitment, yeah. um, and the <clears throat> one of the um, uh, I think one of the gifts of co-housing is you can try things mm-hmm. you know you could you you yeah. have a, a committed community and so you you know you might you might try not to flee and and fail at it and these are people who won't you know snub you because you couldn't couldn't get it together <laughs> they will still be on your side they will still yeah. come alongside so, yeah, and, and thinking about uh, the norms that you were talking about, um, it it really is so helpful. Like when I've been when I've done small groups and we have norms and we've agreed on the norms, and then when someone isn't keeping a norm, it's so easy to say, "Hey." Um, let's remember our norms. And it's a way to kind of keep the group on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we, we need to be willing to step up as a community when we see someone or something that's happening that's outside the norm to just know that we're empowered to say, hey, you know, remember the norm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. That feels very supportive to me when I know how things are going to go and what the expectations are. And that in and of itself reduces conflict for me because I have something that I can count on and people I can. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of clarity is really kind, Mm -hmm. you know, and supportive. 
Liz, do you have any final thoughts on our conflict resolution? I do, just one. Um, when we uh, live in community, we don't get to go to sleep about the people around us. Mm. We have That's to stay so awake. Lovely. Stay awake to their needs as well as our own. Well, th this has been fun, I'm Kelly. I'm just going to leave it at that, Liz. It's like so lovely and peaceful to talk <laughs> to you about this, Liz. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. And everyone, thanks for stopping by. We're so glad you clicked on our episode today. For more information about our project, Cohousing Houston, go to www.cohousinghouston.com and subscribe to our newsletter. For general information about cohousing, we like cohousing.org. We're really active on social media, so check out what's happening on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under Cohousing Houston.